irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Listening to Sam in the Morning, only on LA Talk Radio. There we go. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today's Friday, May 13th. It's, it's the, uh, Friday the 13th, which uh, means very little to me. Um, I'm joined by uh, Cherie this morning. Hi, Cherie. Hello. Welcome to the show. Get a little closer to the mic. And uh, a, v- a very fun and uh, uh, energetic type of lady, right? Oh, I mean, that's what you project. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. Uh, we also have a great guest uh, waiting here, and we'll bring him in in a few minutes and talk about some fun stuff and important stuff, really. So, Cherie, how are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you uh, for coming in. Uh, tell us a little bit about you. Are you originally from L.A.? No, I'm not. I'm from New Orleans, actually. New Orleans? Actually, that's wow. not true. No? <laughs> I'm from South New Orleans. It's called Bayou Blue. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, that's a neat name. Yeah, well, no one's ever Bayou heard of Blue. it. They're like, Bayou Blue. Yeah, it's like, where is that, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a very um, interesting little town. Really? So, yeah. so, is it like a small town? Oh, my God. It's so small. Really? Probably about like 1,200 people, I would say. Really? So everybody knows everybody pretty much, right? Oh, absolutely. Is that what got you out of there? Did you feel that it was too uh, confining for you? Or what was the reason you left? Oh, there were several reasons. I don't know uh, if we have enough time to talk about it. No, just briefly. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a great, honestly, though, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And I do uh, like it. Um, I just kind of wanted to get out there and see the world a bit. Mm. So I go back occasionally. Do you really? Yes. Oh, wow. But it's totally different from LA, right? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> What's New Orleans like? I mean, I'm dying to go there. Is that where you'd like hang out and stuff? I You've mean, never would you been go to there? New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. Do you believe Shame it? Shame on you. I know. That's awful. I know. I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit, actually. <laughs> no, New Orleans is great. You're going to love it. Um, yeah. It's it's a beautiful place. It yeah. has like this energy to it. It's, um, I always describe it as hauntingly romantic. Yeah, that's what I hear. It, it yeah. really is. It's uh-huh. a very, um, it's a little humid, a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah, just but a little bit. Just a little. But uh, the people are awesome and the food. Yeah. Food is great, and it's just got a, such a good vibe to it. And mm. the homes are beautiful. You know, really? I love like plantation homes, mm-hmm. and it's oh, kind of wow, spooky. Yeah. I love all that stuff too. Yeah, right. And I'm like you. I love, love Friday. And yes. Stuff. <laughs> and I love Friday the Thirteenth. I think it's actually good luck. It is right. I, do. It depends. I believe that. Well, it I've depends. Yeah, it depends what you uh, think about. But I can I can say this from just knowing this is that the number thirteenth in uh, Judaism is a good number. You right? know, that's the age where you do the bar mitzvah and everything. Yeah, it's a good age. It's a good number. So I don't know uh, how this. I mean, I've read about it, but yeah, it's kind of like ancient stuff right where right. they came up with this i think it's all a mindset set on how right? you like it but yeah. um or what you think of it so i'm just going to choose to pretend it's good luck that way yeah <laughs> right good luck yeah but um yeah new Orleans is a very spooky kind of cool place i know i so. know and it's pretty cool in fact i remember i used to play a game a computer game but man that was like years ago when before computer like games Nintendo? became like computer games no 
well, it was actually on the computer, but that's, I mean, I'm talking like a long time ago, okay? So before games became so sophisticated, mm-hmm. it was called Gabriel Knight. And it was about this guy that went to investigate the, the disappearance of someone in New Orleans. So they get into all the voodoo culture and, you know, and the French background that this town right. has and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So it's um, it's pretty cool, yeah. Well, I have to check like, that out. That seems interesting. Yeah. Now, your last name is like French, right? It is. I mean, it's Tudor. spelled like a French word. It is. Oh, my whole so, name, yeah. It's yeah, French. right? Yes. Yeah, so Cherie, too, right? Yeah. And yeah, Chantel. Wow. Cherie Chantel. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right? So uh, is that, uh, I mean, do you guys have any French uh, roots? Or oh, anything? absolutely. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you have to, right? Mm-hmm. Well, unless, that's what I'm saying, though, because there's French culture in New Orleans, so it could could be that you get the name but not from someone with any french roots i don't know yeah and it's, it's kind of it's the cajun french you know it's, yeah. it's a little bit different like even though the french that's spoken by my grandparents and things like that it's kind of um what they describe as a broken french oh really but it's really cool it's yeah. it's um of course it's french but it's just like with a little uh twang toward or a little bit of wow. um it's just interesting do you know any of it did you ever learn you any? know it's awful like <laughs> they didn't really teach it to our parents and then they didn't really teach it to us however right. i can like hear it pretty well I right can pick it up it's easy to understand yeah. when you've learned a little bit of it but god is it hard to write and to put a sentence together for me it is but I hey, understand when people. Well, I've taken. I took three years of French back oh, in high okay. school, but you don't remember much, you know. But I do remember uh, um, a bit, and I can understand some words and some sentences. You I'm know, totally going to put you in the spot and tell you to yeah. speak French to me right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but of course, I would speak French to you. <laughs> oh, I love it. You just made me smile really big. <laughs> Well, that's Sound what like this show is about. Exactly. I love Pepe Le Pew. It's <laughs> my favorite. Awesome. You know, he's so fun. I know because like he's a hopeless lover. You know, it's like the the he's cat gets away it. from him, and he he just he, he's always optimistic. You know you what know? though? I think the cat really likes it. I you think know, she right? enjoys it. Uh, yes, she does. <laughs> Because she just happened, like, out of all the places, she can just, like, never get away from him. How is that right. possible? I know, I know. It's, well, yeah. It's their foreplay. I know. <laughs> you never know behind those cartoons what you they were thinking. You just don't know. You know? <laughs> There's a lot of adult themes to him, you know? Well, absolutely. Even I think they have to because, you know, the adults have to watch it with their children, so they got to make it entertaining for all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And But I think some of these characters, the um, uh, the Warner Brothers characters, mm-hmm. many of them were like, I don't think they were meant for kids. They were meant more for adults or young adults or something, you know, but, but not really for kids because like Bugs Bunny and stuff, it's fun for kids to watch, but adults can pick up a lot from it. Oh, yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love Bugs Bunny, man. Yeah, I miss watching cartoons, but I found like a channel that has a lot of like old cartoons and stuff on demand so it's like pretty cool you can find any cartoon you want what's your favorite um, well like I said Pepe Le Pew mm-hmm. I o- also used to love Popeye when I was a kid oh, you remember Popeye, Popeye? yeah <laughs> did you eat a lot of spinach and thought no like, I did not eat a lot of spinach didn't. I hated spinach I still do actually <laughs> but it might turn you into like Popeye big and yeah, strong right go, yeah I think that was for kids to like force kids to eat their spinach yeah it's a good idea that's true yeah but I have a lot of uh, cartoon characters I like. Do you have any favorite ones that come to I mind? I do have a lot, but it's more like um, I'm an 80s baby, so okay, I really so like... you have like, like the series, like uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let's see. I, I remember growing up, I had two big brothers, and yeah. um, we'd watch like Thundercats and Scooby Doo um, and stuff too. Scooby Doo, because I like the mystery of that. It's so right. cool. Um, uh, Care Bears. I don't know. Uh, I remember Alvin yeah, and the Chipmunks. Yeah, Alvin yeah. was a bad little guy. I liked him. He was uh, fun. Right? <laughs> Yeah. I know. Well, there's yeah, there's a lot of fun going on there, so it's yeah. pretty cool. So It was Saturday mornings. I remember that. Yeah. Get yeah. up and watch them. I want Do they still have them on Saturday mornings? I wonder the cartoons I and don't stuff. Know. Yeah. They're, they're probably not the same yeah, anymore. Yeah, they're not the but, same. They're not yeah. as fun. But remember they used to have and then it moved into like the Saturdays of Saved by the Bell, like those little yeah. shows and things right. like that. But Yeah. I know it's changed over the years, you know, but uh but yeah, I, I mean, I hardly ever watch tv i mean my my tv is always on cnn and i don't really sit down and watch it. i just walk by every time and i pick up a headline or a conversation or something but i i simply don't have enough time or even the inclination to watch tv because it's all an investment mm-hmm. you know i mean if you if you get into a series or something it's a big investment you yes. know you have to watch every week and know what's going on and everything yeah you, you know? get really involved in it <laughs> yeah oh you know? see, i love tv do you have any favorite shows you're watching now? you know what is i have quite a few but i'm addicted to id you know they say id addict uh-huh. it's all like the um like true stories of like things that happen to people i really uh-huh. love, like stuff like wow. that i love american cool. horror story of course and things yeah. like that well, sounds pretty cool. We've had a couple of stars from American Horror Stories Ooh, here. Yeah. 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 We get a lot of different people, which brings us to our guest, of course, uh, who's sitting here patiently, and we're going <laughs> to actually interrupt him from texting right now. We have Adrian Paul. Welcome to the show, Adrian. I am tweeting out at the moment. Je parle français. Bonjour à tout le monde. Thank you very much. Tu parles français, mademoiselle. C'est terrible, ça. You see, we woke up a giant here. <laughs> We didn't know who we were dealing with. <laughs> you did not know? No, Hello, just, my name is Pepe. Yes, he just stumped us completely. Oh, yeah, whole plan, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I was just waiting to hear all about that. And also, you know, you, you were talking a minute ago about children's children's shows. Uh-huh. Well, in England, when I was a kid, they had this uh-huh. show called The Magic Roundabout. It's yeah. great shows about all these things, about Zebedee jumping up. Zebedee was his spring thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But they later figured out that the people that created were two guys that were high on acid, and all the actual characters <laughs> were, were actually like Captain Pugwash, and uh, they were all like kind of sexual innuendos and and uh-huh. based on shrooms and and doing psychedelic really? experiments. So they canned the yeah. show. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, it was called Magic Roundabout. <laughs> wow, seen from adults. <laughs> So there you go, from yeah. adults, the <laughs> right. kids get the... I know. But you know what? I, I remember living in Israel, we got a lot of English, uh, British TV shows, you know. Uh, so, you know, like in the 70s and stuff, I mean, I mean you... you you lived in the 70s, no, right? No, no. He was born no. 20... Actually, he was 20 years ago. Well, <laughs> listen, you still... Yeah, all right, talk, talk about the 70s. Under- I know something about the yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He heard of it. I uh, heard about the yeah, 70s. But there yeah. were some shows, you know. There were some great... Uh, the Saint and The Persuaders and... and uh, there was even... Do you remember the actor Jason King? Or that was his... Scare- no, he Jason was... Jason King. Jason King. There was a, a series called uh, Department S... And uh, yeah, that. that was even before you, but I guess <laughs> much before I'm me. So much, old, much before man. me. So freaking old. But I remember the Saint. The Saint. Um, yeah, the Roger Saint Moore was awesome, right? You know, Roger was on. I mean, I, I say Roger fondly because he's actually my 
What relation is he of mine, really? I'm, I'm, God, I'm godfather to his grandson. So. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Wow, how cool yeah. is that? Yeah, huh? his, his, his son is a dear friend of mine, so yeah. I'm his son's godfather. Wow. So. And he's been married to his wife, Louisa, for no, like long time, decades. Yeah. Long time, yeah. I remember he was like my idol. You know Roger Moore we're talking about? You know, James Bond. He did yeah. James Bond. Yeah. yeah, he did James Bond and all that. But before that, he was known in Europe quite a bit. You know, he had the series The Saint. And, Which they uh, tried rebooting in the in the states that didn't. I don't think work, it worked. Right? I don't think no. it worked. Yeah, no. I mean, they had the same. They they had they did a film called The Saint, right? Well. With uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that wasn't that was great. Sort of. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I don't know, but it, yeah, but at any rate, I mean, Roger Moore has been like my idol since I was a kid, and I remember we would have like we had like uh, entertainment magazines for teens, and they would have like life-size posters every week, right? Mm. So like made of three parts, so every week you got a third of the poster, and I would put them on my wall, and I had uh, life-size Roger Moore on my wall when I was like fourteen years old, and then suddenly, so. And then he became James Bond for the first time with Live and Let Die. That was mm-hmm. 1975 or something. And he's I'm got like, a good, he's got a yeah, good this, memory, doesn't I he? Do. I mean, I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed here, Sam. I'll tell you why. Because, you see, I, have, I can remember a lot of dates or at least years because everything is related around my... Uh, my immigration to here. I came here in 1976 and I was 16 years old. So everything is easy for me to figure out. I was born in 1960. So uh, everything is easy for me to figure out and uh, thus... You know, that's how you figure. That, yeah, that's yeah, how it yeah. Is. So you know, everything is like, did it happen before? Yeah, it was probably about a year before I came here. So it had to be 1975, 76. So, so you you got here at what? Ten years ago, you said yeah, almost fifteen. Fifteen years ago. Oh, yes. So this is home for you now. I don't know. No, well, you don't I, I, L- LA is a transient place. Yeah, yes, right. I, I believe it really yes. is a transient place. I mean, everybody. It's funny because like it's, it's like England. Now. You walk in England, you're hearing all these different accents and and language right. is more in England, but here it's so many different. Different people yeah. from everywhere, right? Like everywhere, right? But it's not necessarily transient here, like a place like Vegas would be. In other words, yes, a lot of people come here, but I don't think the same people necessarily leave, right? I mean, people come here, they stay. Sometimes, Some. sometimes, yeah. a lot of people come here. I think people come here because of the movies and right. the, and the music and the modeling and whatever you know. And they want to make it big. And that's right. why whenever anybody's talking to you, they're not talking at you, they're talking behind you. Really? They're looking yeah. at you around the room. I don't know if you've ever been in those situations where people are actually yes. talking to you. Hi, how are you doing? And they're looking yeah. somewhere else. That's because they're trying to find the next, the next to, ju- to jump up on the next. Yeah. So everybody's like that. And unfortunately, after five years, people that don't make it leave and go home. That's, that's true. Why those transient. are the people that don't make it. Exactly. Yeah. But you're right about that. You, you know? know and that's the thing is that, and it happens with dating and everything else uh. where, you know, and, and <laughs> with jobs, with hiring, with getting a job, because there's a million others like you, so people just move on quickly, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't stop for a moment and, and concentrate or focus on the person. And right. I think that's what happened in L.A. Everybody's beautiful. There's a million people here that you can uh, you can date. I you will know, say I met a lot of people that are actually from L.A., and mm-hmm. they have actually been the kindest, most sane, normal people yeah. I've met that are born and raised here. Right. And the majority of them are not even in entertainment. Right. Not yeah, that you, they're not great people in entertainment, but I'm just saying that, you know, the, the people born and raised in L.A. have been that no, I've that's met are phenomenal. True. And, and most people here are very nice people, you know I mean? Because mm-hmm. L.A. gets a certain reputation, but once you start meeting people, you know, and here I meet like... Uh, dozens of people every week 
And it's uh, and I'm, I'm finding out people are awesome. You know, if you stop. You know, the thing is also the fact is is that when you come to another city, you're going to hang out with the people that have done exactly the same thing. You from yeah, somewhere else because you don't know anybody here, right. right? Right. So you end up. That's the circle you end up, and you don't see the real city itself or the people behind yes. it. Right. You know. So you, that those are the groups you're hanging in the the models and the actors and the the advertising executives and the people that have come here to be famous or whatever. And that's kind of like, what do you do? You know? Yeah, you yeah. kind of have to like learn your way and kind of weed through. You got to go through little rough types of people to get to, to good people. Yeah. But um, I think that yeah. there's so many people that come here looking for something or don't, they don't know themselves or and they're always searching and reaching. So there's that type of yeah. energy that's lingering around. Yeah. And like uh, Adrian said, I mean, there's that dream. People come here for that dream. Yeah. And most of them don't make it big, you know. I mean, many people do make it, but not big like they want you know, to. Fu- you know, funny thing was, I was in Vegas recently signing at the convention, and uh, um, I kept asking, but so what are you doing? I'm thinking, oh, you're a casino host, or you work in the casino. <laughs> I had maybe one person in, like, the couple of hundred that I met that, that basically worked in a casino. The rest of them were in, actually, Air Force, or they were in the, uh, the Department of uh, Waterworks. Or they, you know, those were regular people who live in that city, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. You don't necessarily meet everybody. What do you do here? Yeah, you hear the normal, I'm an actress, model, dancer, singer. Right. Uh, right. Uh, wannabe. The usual. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but, but in, in reality, everybody, they're, they're there are people that live here and work exactly, here as normal, here. I would quote it, quote, normal, normal people. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And it's funny you brought up Vegas because that's the way it is. When I lived in Vegas, people are like, oh, you know, what do you do with the casinos? I'm like, I don't even go to the casinos, you know. You know, I live here, but they don't really interest me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you just joining us, we actually didn't even introduce who you are and what you do. My uh, name is Jorge. <laughs> I am Pepe. Oh, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> Bonjour, I'm Pepe Le Pew. I turned Mexican, French, everywhere. Oh, oh, the, oh you know who else I like is treat. Speedy Gonzalez. You know? oh, Speedy Gonzalez. Andale, epa, epa. great. I remember that. Yeah, I remember oh that. Speedy God. Gonzalez. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, Adrian Paul, you host the show Peace Fund here, right here on LA Talk Radio, Wednesdays at 11 and Channel 2 uh, with uh, Ethan Deadmeyer. Tell us a little bit about the show, Adrian. Peace Fund is from my charity that I've had for 18 years called, it stands for Protect, Educate, Aid, Children Everywhere. Um, we've mm. dealt with numerous organizations around the world from Hungary, Romania, Thailand, Haiti, uh, the United States, et cetera, et cetera. And we've kind of partnered with a lot of different um, uh, organizations. And Peace Fund Radio kind of came out of Ethan actually saying to me, you should do your radio show because I was guessing on the show on his on combat radio. That's right. From, LA Talk Radio exactly which is on the, the other channel if you guys are bored here you can just click yeah I'll be on that one in a minute <laughs> so, yeah you'll be there the second happy. hour there. yeah, <laughs> yeah right cool. so um, he said you should have your own radio show and I said well, why he said well I think there's a there's a, a market for people to listen to you know what's going on in the charitable and I, and I thought yeah it would be interesting but you know because a lot of people don't know when there's a crisis or in their own uh, area what things are going on and sometimes people want to donate to something they don't quite know where exactly, or how right. so we've you know um, we kind of started the movement of saying this organization lives in this area we're dealing we obviously always talk about kids issues mm. but we've dealt with homelessness aids uh school education uh we deal with absolutely every single topic and we have different celebrities coming in and uh kid hero of the week as well which is a young oh, kid that comes great. in who's done 
an amazing thing. Um, wow, and it's varied cool. from, you know, uh, kids that have found the first um, early warning signs of pancreatic cancer mm. uh, to um, somebody swimming the Lake Erie and uh, raising $250,000 for a child slavery or an eight-year-old girl that's wow. done $150,000 on a lemonade stand. Oh, Those t- these kids that do things for a reason. I was actually recently at a place called We Day. We Day is in Chicago. Have you heard of We Day? No, it's we, we day, not we, we, we day. We day, right? We. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, wanted to clarify. So right. We, we. Not we. It doesn't have a D on the end of it. <laughs> uh, it stands for we, not me, and it's. Okay. Um, it was fifteen thousand kids at the Allstate Arena. It was host, uh, hosted. Um, sorry, it was funded by uh, Allstate, nice. and it was a, a place where all these kids come together. They've done some great stuff in the communities. This was solely for Chicago. They've done it in Seattle. They've done it in Los Angeles. There's this movement happening now that the, the, the kids, when they find out about an issue, they want to do something about it. And unlike us as adults, a lot of the time, we get stuck in our own world. We get mm. stuck in, oh, you know, I can't do that because, you know, it failed the last time. Or, you know, you stick your finger in a socket, you know you're going to get burned. Well, yes. kids don't have that. Yeah. They don't know what no is. Exactly. Somebody says, oh, yeah, that's the great thing about it. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. So, I was, yeah, yeah. I, and, and you're watching 15,000 kids inspired by the speakers on stage who have done something. Mm. Who have done, I mean, I interviewed a girl on Peace Farm Radio. We did it at Allstate last week. Mm-hmm. She was there at We Day last year. She got inspired by it. She started a blog about kids speaking up and being heard. She got 34,000 people on her blog Whoa. in the first year. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, just, so just to be able to start the idea was really interesting to watch how right. they're so you know jam-packed in putting these things forward so obviously we deal with a lot of different issues and you know that's what peace farm radio is really yeah all focused on so you've decided really to devote a a large portion of your life to this cause yeah i mean you know i i when i was doing highlander i basically um you know saw so many kids coming at me you know wanting autographs and all this stuff i was mobbed in the vatican in rome in in underneath the eiffel tower i mean i I was i was like mobbed and i was like well if i can if i get this why can't all these other celebrities do the same thing and so i started something because i didn't want to be associated with another organization i wanted to do it my way it has been harder i admit it's been very hard to do it on my own but in a sense we've grown and it's a grassroots and i know where everything's going and people can see where money is being spent and they know what the products are we have a a a, a, um a uh computer uh giveaway uh, with uh, the lausd that we did for 26 schools or sorry that actually ended up being 10 11 schools that actually got um laptops for uh, for their classrooms wow. um then we have like a book program that we've got for the inner school system that we, we're running right now so we've got a lot of different issues that we like to deal with and yeah it's part of me i have my other stuff i do my sword experience which is my um do you know about that the you sword experience? No, I don't know about that. the sword experience. The sword experience is basically, I mean, I had a, many years. I did 25 years of doing sword work. So, really? You know, yeah, so did that help you with the role as well? No, that was prior. I mean, just during the role, when I first started doing Highlander, I, I, you know, I started learning sword. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've done hundreds of sword fights. Wow. And, um, you know, That's so. serious. Yeah, right? Yeah, serious I've, done, I've done quite a, a lot. I've done quite a lot. Yeah, yes, you're right. In one short sitting, right? too. Uh, <laughs> this is the early morning show. With Sam in the morning, you find out all these new st- things. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but. Uh, you know, you've, I did so many sword things, and people were always saying, "Why don't you do a video?" I was like, oh, "I'm not so sure." I was really busy, and 
over the past couple of years, I've noticed so many different sword uh, uh, episodes like mm. Game of Thrones and uh, right. um, there's even even um, uh, what's it? Daredevil has has some as a blade work mm-hmm. and uh, Enter the Badlands, Into the Badlands, and so many different. And I thought, wow, it'd be kind of cool to take people and put them in a location where it kind of gives them an idea of what it's like to be in the movies. Yeah. So I teach That's them for, cool. for like four hours. Isn't that cool? I teach them for about four hours. Well, it depends on what it is. If it's at a con that I usually sign at, then uh-huh. I'll go there and it'll be a two and a half hour experience. If it's our own sword experience, mm. you then go, we'll take you to a place. We're doing one actually in Pensacola. I've got one in London, in Stuttgart. Uh, next one's in Houston, which is sold out at the moment. Which is great, love yeah, that part. No, but great. the thing is, people go there and they get an experience of what it's like to do this stuff. Plus, uh-huh. we give them some extras as well. You know, they they, they get to maybe the, the the area. There's a brewery or a distillery or there's something else that wants to get involved. So we we give them a day's experience or a half day experience of what it's like to be in the movies and have some fun afterwards. You know, yeah, so well, I do that sword. too. Yeah, yeah, with a sword and you get, you get to wave a sword around. Well, yeah. You know. Now, do you put them in a certain like movie setting? I mean, like yeah, uh, I mean. That, that's that's i mean the last one we had at a loft space in chicago which was very similar to what we did had it was a space on highlanders what i tend to do is well depending on what the space is i was taught by one of my best teachers was a gentleman called bob anderson bob was involved in star wars i mean he was the guy behind the mask darth vader mask he was a guy that did highlander he was the guy that did princess bride he did so many so many movies he choreographed he was an amazing guy he was he was uh, the head of the olympic fencing team for britain for 35 years and so I, he, I, he taught me. He's one of my first teachers, per se. And what I realized about this man was that he was an artist. He would walk into it. He wasn't like, Let's, here's the sword fight, and we'll put it in the room. Right. Now, he would walk into a room and go, what sword fight could I put in here? Yeah. So right. That's what it sounds like. Because yeah. you called him a choreographer. I'm like, this is like a sword it, fight, and you're bringing in a choreographer. It's almost like a dance. Yes, that's oh. right. And so yeah. what he would do, he would look at a room. If he was in this room here, he would walk it and go, okay, what we're going to do? We're going to do a smash over this mic here and then we're going to go under the chair I'll do a slash from here get him out the door so he create the fight for the room so that's yeah. what I do uh-huh. we find our location and then I create the fight for the location yeah. so the last one we had was in like a, like a big loft space so I did it for the dojo which was in the show so I did a, a fight from the dojo mm. the next one we have in Houston is more it's going to be different it's going to be totally different I'm not going to tell yeah. people what it is yet because they're <laughs> yeah. going to be surprised yeah. but the, the, each one is a different event yeah. so you actually get to do a little bit different type of sword work and you learn some stuff you learn the difference between real fighting and and uh movie fighting yeah. and you get a fun day doing it so you know that's awesome now uh so where can people go to find out more about when these events are and where they are the sword experience.com the sword oh really sword experience.com oh, yeah okay the yes. sword experience or sword experience? either or doesn't matter i've got oh, both okay, urls i've nabbed both of them nobody can <laughs> there you miss go. it now very yeah. smart sword experience.com guys check it out it sounds fun so they have it here too is it for all ages or more for kids uh, people 15 to 18 have to have consent of their parents right and um, then anybody after that I mean I've had young ladies in there older older ladies in there uh, young guys in there oh. I've had a whole different and le- school levels as well yeah I may be doing it this year uh, in the LA again I did it in, at the Lorimar winery it was our first kickoff for this year oh nice and then I'm, I'll be doing the uh Kamikaze this year might be happening. So we're we're just uh, finishing some 
details on that. Awesome, but, um, you awesome. You, uh, so how many seasons were you on Highland? Six. Six seasons, so mm-hmm. that's, that's six years, right, pretty yeah, much? Yeah, it's, it's, well, a season doesn't or, run an entire year, but it was, right. you know, um, it was 100, I did 117 episodes. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I have the scars to prove it. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, stitches, yeah, I do, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, from the swords and stuff? Yeah. Or what? Really? Right. I mean, you're, you're dealing with, with swinging stuff. It that's splits true. you open. Right, but we were just talking about <laughs> little kids doing this. You know? Yeah, I know, I but know. I'm saying... I was sa- just thinking, too, earlier, I was about to ask you, was it's like, how does anyone not get hurt? Or how do you I'm stop? Very, I'm very... I'm ver- the first thing I teach people in the, the class is safety. Right. It's the very first thing I teach them. And so, you know, it's the fact of you've got to be able to not swing the sword all the way through like you might do in, in a oh, real fight. You, okay. you, you stop it at a certain point. You know where your stop points are. You, it's a very, um, how should I put it, um, controlled environment right. as oh. much as it can be. Obviously, yeah. somebody's going to get their finger hit occasionally, but we're using, we're using wooden uh, swords. So That's we're not what using I thought, right. Blades. We're using bokens yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, so. it'd be crazy to use uh, metal. I mean, no, like, I've used uh, metal before. Yeah, yeah metal actually. with the kids, though. Oh, yeah, with kids it's a little different. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because actually when That's I had the event thing. in Lorimar, I had like five kids running around, mine included, and, oh and you know, they're just running in between. I'm like, guys, can you keep <laughs> them out of here? Because like, somebody turns around, I'll be like, oh, go, that kid's head just went rolling. Oh, Oh my god! Do you get yeah. nervous? Like, do you have to do like um, question people because there can be like a really angry person coming in for one of those classes? No, you like- know, I mean, I think I think you, you can tell <laughs> a lot god, of the right? time. A lot of the time, you can really see how people are. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell the minute somebody touches swords with me whether they're gripping the, the the blade too tight, if they're if their flow is, whether they're angry, whether they're. I mean, you can tell. It's a conversation. Right. A sword fight's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Those are the, the the best sword fights you see on TV. You don't know why the sword fight kind of goes oh that was really cool it's because the way it's choreographed is it's through the the conversation the actors are having or the characters are having you know a lot of the others that are like splash 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 you yeah. go okay I'm, I'm i'm done with this because it's a lot of bang 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 but there's nothing really there's that no rhythm. conversation going right, there's on there's no excitement yeah. Or, or yeah or story to it wow you're right so you have to sort of create a meaning to that sword fight it's not just yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean every time we did sword fights on Highlander we'd say, Okay, what are the characters doing? And I and, and I would talk to the, the sword master and I'd say, Look, my guy at this particular time is in this state of mind. So when we do it, that's how I'm gonna be and, and that's how we should do the fight. Whether it's I wanna fight you, I don't wanna fight you. Uh, I'm trying to hold you off, I'm trying to play with you. So it really you know, the sword stuff and the choreography changes right. yeah. when you put that in involved in and that's something I always tell people you talk about safety. A lot of the time the adrenaline somebody has from the choreography to and action is immense. So the one thing is like, and and I've been split open by people who don't control. And that's the one thing you have to uh, show people. You have to have the control because if you make a mistake, Mm -hmm. you have control to stop it. If you don't, at least that first thing is in your brain before the adrenaline takes over. Because as an actor, when you're in there and you want to fight and you want to kill this person, you're after them and you want to try and do something, that adrenaline is there. But you have to have the control behind it. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's not easy being an actor, is it? No. 
<laughs> no, many voices are with actors these days. Anyway, sorry. I'm going to go back to Peppy. <laughs> Peppy's coming back in a minute. Hello, Peppy. He's on in there. Hello, Peppy. Hello. But he keeps keep changing his accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an actor. Hello yeah, there. there. My name is uh, Bruce. I'm down from uh, somewhere in South Australia at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so were you on your texting on your phone earlier? Were you like choreographing a sword fight in here? <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was thinking about it. You know, it's funny because I was actually thinking about it yesterday. If somebody said to me, Adrian, would you come in and choreograph a fight? Okay, what would you do in this room? I'd say, well, give me five, ten minutes and then let me think about it. Mm -hmm. right. Because I think that's what I think the great thing of sword fights are, and, and you know, is looking at what you have available. My, my martial arts teacher said to me, I said, what's your most dangerous move? And he does this, which is just putting his palm out. And I said, really? I said, mm. well, what's that? He said, well, if I'm on top of the building, that's definitely my most dangerous move. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, nice. so basically, he's saying, you know, you you do things based on your environment, exactly the same as when I was talking about Bob Anderson earlier. That's exactly right. the same type of thing. Yeah, right. that's true. That's true. So when did you get interested in uh, acting early on in your life? Uh, I, I did stage plays and stuff, but, you know, I was into uh, playing soccer and chasing girls. Yeah, right? Yeah, pretty I was, much. I was a true male. <laughs> right. That's true. True red-blooded. <laughs> right. Yeah, type of thing. So, but, you know, then I worked in a bank, and I worked as a cost of pricing assistant in a, in a pharmaceutical company. So I did a bunch of things. Yeah. And then I got kind of pushed into modeling and, and stuff and uh, dance and choreographing. And then I started... You know, I came to LA because I I kind of liked the, the 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 entertainment world, and I yeah. took a few classes in England. I took some in New York. I took some here, but really here was where I I I'll always people ask me that, and I always sit there. And there's, there's a moment, you know, those moments you get in life where you kind of go, and that moment happened to me when I watched the scene. I was like, this is it. This is what I've got to do. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. I always remember that. It was a, you know, it was a moment. I was just like, I, I, it was just in my gut. You feel it in your heart. Yeah, you do. You know that that's the thing you want to do in life. Right. I mean, whether Absolutely. it's whether it's, I, and again, I'm not saying acting is what you should do. I'm saying if it's as a doctor, if it's you're like, no, I really want to do that. I, that's something I really want to do in my life. Yeah, it's you know? interesting because you can think you want to do something for so long, but I know what you're saying. But when you feel that in your heart, that's the trigger. That's, that's the trigger. When you know this is it. Yeah, and you got to follow that in everything in life. Life. A, a lot of people don't do that, though. They don't they follow don't. what they really want to do. Right. And if you look back on your life, you're like, God, if I would have just listened to what I originally thought. Well, you know, <laughs> I, the, the interesting thing, regrets are really terrible thing in our lives, I think. Because, yeah. you know, I believe that your dreams never come true. Ooh, people okay. are going to hate me for that one, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't come true how, and now let me preface it, they don't tr come true how you ever imagined them. Exactly. Because as you walk the path of life, you have decisions to make, which is what you're talking about. Yes. Right. You the have a decision. on the road. The forks yes. on the road. So right. you can never regret where your life is because you made the decision at that, that point time. in time. Absolutely. That was the best decision you could make in your life at that point. Yeah, that point. Because it leads you to exactly. where you want to so, be. Exactly. So, you know, you can't regret that because you made the decision. It was the right decision. You made it. Right. Don't ever regret it. Exactly. That's because true. in hindsight, everybody's smart, you know, but you have to give yourself a break and say, well, I didn't know what the consequences would be. Just like you said, at the time, it seemed like the right decision. At the time, it was the right yeah. decision you to make. And again, yeah. you know, 
whatever that is, whether you want to become uh, a janitor, whether you want to become president of the United States, you made decisions along the uh, along the way that right. formulated that. Yeah, right. and you gotta have maybe a roadmap so you know where the hell you're going. You know, I mean, yeah, but you'll the, know the, road, roads, the roads always the roads the maps not always the way like you thought it was. Or, yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's I mean, some of the roads must be could be blocked or anything, but as long as you you know what your target is, then uh, it's easier, I think, than if you just kind of lost in the in the wind you know well that's very interesting uh for those of you joining us we're talking to adrian paul his radio show is the peace fund and you can listen to that every wednesday uh at 11 on channel 2 right here on la talk radio and also you can download it anytime just go to our website uh latalkradio.com find peace fund radio and uh, you'll be able to listen to all the past informa- uh, the past shows. Uh, also, you can have the Sword Experience that we talked about. Go to swordexperience.com. And uh, if people want to, like social media and stuff, where can people find you? Well, I'm under Adrian Paul One. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm on Facebook, etc. But, you know, I mean, I, we've got this event next week we've got coming up, which is a, a, a dinner for yes. 20 people, which we're doing for a total for the Peace Fund. So it's a total charitable donation. We're doing it in Burbank. And. Um, 20 yeah. people, so that's like 20 a... 20 people. Right, so that's like a very exclusive yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a very mm-hmm. exclusive thing. It's, it's literally the dinner is for 20 people. Then we have... We're going to be doing a Q&A for Peace Fund Radio. Uh-huh. We have a book signing that we have for one of the other... Uh, we have two, two of the... Um, People from Highlander, myself, Elizabeth Grayson, who played Amanda, the showrunner from Highlander, and possibly another guest is going to be turning up in secret, perhaps. Nice. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, we've got uh, we've got the we've got uh, gifts we're giving out to the people to people who actually have the dinner. The dinner's the intimate area. Then we're going right. to open it up to the general public at seven thirty, so that people can hear the Q and A or t- attend the book signing, as well as a I've got an uh, called the, it's called the immort- it's called the Immortal Journal. It's mm-hmm. my behind the scenes uh, audio book that. Uh, that I'm launching so that was wow how cool yeah this guy's busy how much longer do you have I've got, yeah. my, I've got my other two movies I'm about to yeah. find as well actually. And, and the amazing thing is uh, knowing you I know you have a family as well you have a wife and kids how do you find this time how do you manage all your time it, you have to compartmentalize your life I think I mean so many times I do have a very very busy life and sometimes I actually tweeted the other day I'm like oh my god another day I wish I just could do more creative stuff. And people are like, oh, it's okay, Adrian. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. I'm like, that's not, that's not quite what I meant. Yeah. I meant, I just wish I had more time. I'm loving what I'm doing. I just wish I had the time to sort of get into the creative, which is, you know, it happens. You know? Yeah. We only have 24 hours a day to work yeah. with. So that's pretty much Some it. people think you have about 48, but it doesn't. Yeah. I know, I know. You stay up the whole entire time. Yeah. That could work. Yeah. But it really, if you love Sleep's it, underrated. Yeah, it's so Overrated. Underrated. Sorry, yeah. overrated. No. <laughs> overrated, underrated. Actually, underrated yeah. at this particular point. Right. No, that's true. But uh, except when uh, you go a few days with only three, four hours of sleep, and then it, you have, it catches up with you. You know, you, know so. you really only need three or four hours of sleep. That's true. You yes. really only need, once you get used to three or four hours of sleep, there's people no are like, way, There's no way. No, it depends. I think everybody's different. No like they say, oh, you that's, need eight hours. I think everyone's different. Well, not, maybe not eight 
but at you, least six, I think, but, but you, not you, four. You know the best way to do it, and, and a lot of uh, world leaders do this, is they take naps. They take a 15, 20-minute yeah. nap yeah. during the day. And what that does is it actually allows your brain to be much more productive because it's mm-hmm. taken a rest during the day. Rather than having eight solid hours, take right. three naps in the day of 15, 20 minutes, and you'll be finding you'll stay up later, and you'll be thinking much better during the day. Mm. Right. I'm going to try doing that. Well, I, I, I keep saying about that, but I don't have the I don't yeah. have time. Well, yeah. All I can tell you is I, I often stay up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and, mm-hmm. you know, I only get about four or five hours of sleep. But uh, but when I can catch up, my God, man, I can sleep 10 hours straight. Right? You know? Do you find the more you sleep, though, sometimes, like, the more you want to sleep? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It makes you the more tired you are, actually, sometimes, I think sometimes, isn't it? Right. Yeah, it does. It, do, it does but do that. And then they, it feels... They also say that if you... It, you Let's say you, you have only four or five hours of sleep. Go to bed before 10, uh, 10 o'clock at night and yeah. have four or five hours of sleep. You'll then be more productive because right. of, it's the yeah. way that the, the, our bodies assimilate dark, dark and light mm. that you actually are able to – If you go to, I mean, I've, I've tried lately to go to bed earlier. I'm like you. 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, I'm always – I yeah. get up at 7 or 8 and I'm like, oh, God, I'm so tired. Right. But if I do the same thing at 10 and I get up at 6 or 5, I've got much more energy. That's true, right? right. Because I think – I think you also go to sleep not as tired. Not as tired, yeah. Right? That's probably so. Try yeah. going to bed at ten and getting up at six or four. Right. right. You know, and yeah. you'll be like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, that's my regiment. Soon is going to be. I'm going to be going back into getting up really early, so at least I can do a workout in the morning. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and plus, I love early mornings. I just don't get to see them anymore because right. I get to sleep so late. Me too. But you're right. You know, I, I should shift everything. Shift everything. And like two hours. Yeah. Go to sleep at eleven or something. I was literally just thinking about this last six. night because I, I find like it sometimes I get really like randomly tired at like eight or nine. I'm like, you should just go to bed if I'm at home like go to bed now because this is when you're tired and I don't and then I end up staying up till you know three same as you guys and then I can't get up but I was thinking man if I just go to bed now and even if I get up like you were saying like at three or four I can see to where you know how how much more energy or more productive I would be right it's easier to get up too it's it's easier it's weird you don't have it's weird you know they call that um, uh, what do they call it Uh, I'll tell you in a minute rest no, no, no. <laughs> nocturnal. Nocturnal no, rest. No, they call it uh, sleep inertia. Sleep inertia. Uh, right. Yeah, which, whereas the body tends to want to continue sleeping, and that's why it's so hard to get up in the morning. You know, right? And for most people, you know, I mean, yes, some people like jump out of bed. I used to be like that too, but uh, but for the most part, everybody's like, give me every five, another five minutes, another mm-hmm. ten minutes, right? It's like you have to pry yourself. You know, you know, it's interesting. I just okay. recently been doing that with my kids. My kids, you know, if they go to bed like at eight. 8.30 or 9 mm-hmm. and they still get up at 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning they're horrible yeah right <laughs> that's way they're horrible sleep, eh? yeah. <laughs> but if you put them to bed at 7.30 and they get up at 7 they're fantastic oh really so it's wow. really amazing how the extra time prior to the midnight hour yeah. actually really affects their mood because then I don't have my kid you know throwing bottles across the room you know? <laughs> or swords or swords he does do sword work he's three and a half that's Believe amazing. it or not, I mean seriously, this kid. I mean, I, I, wow. I, the first time I took him, I took it, and I'd, he'd never seen a sword fight. And I always think there is gene uh, passing. <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, right. We took him to the history, the natural history museum here in LA, which is fantastic. And I was outside afterwards, and he was t- 
two years old, I think, at the time. He picks up a stick and stands there with a stance. I'm like, <laughs> where did you learn that stance from? And he starts, cha-cha. I'm like, oh, my God. So now he's seeing a lot of the stuff, and he loves his sword. And I'm teaching him the respect of the sword, which is, you know, I think you have to – kids swing things. They love to swing things. Right. Yeah. You've got to say, okay, you want to swing, that's okay. But you have to understand how to swing and what, you, what the consequences are when you do it. Right. Yeah. So I'm teaching him, you know, I'm respect the sword. You don't hit your sister with the sword. Right. She'll hit you. You try. Don't swing hard. They want just to, stop. But you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got, I don't know if you've got siblings, but it's like oh, it's like yeah. war. <laughs> but you know? let me ask you this: Don't you think that this would make the kids uh, sort of like aggressive later on? Because uh, weren't sword fights really always ending in one person dead? I mean, isn't that the point? You, you, don't, you don't have to. I mean, no. you know, I mean, again, you, you, it can be a disarm. A lot of the time, you don't have to. You know, the, the idea of a sword is really like a stick. If you have a stick, no one's coming near you. In actual fact, in Japan, mm. the women were much more adept at st- uh, 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 staff fighting than the men were, and that was the, 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 the weapon of choice. Wow. So it didn't kill. It would yeah. disarm you and that's you know, true. do things. keep you at bay, yeah. It keeps you yeah. at bay. And that's why I teach yeah. people in, in sword experience. I'm like, this can either do one or two things either it keeps you you think of this as being a, a, a piece of wood you pick up a broom handle That's whatever sure, you can just stop people bat, just yeah. hold somebody off you know you, so yeah. at least you kind of get an idea of what you're doing where you're aiming and stuff I rather think. than just blindly swinging something so right. right so are you saying that if two people back then would uh like one would disarm the other uh he would just let him go without killing him do you know there was, a, was, very, the enemy? There was a very famous swordsman called musashi and he was a Japanese swordsman, and he became so good, he beat everybody. Really? Absolutely everybody. Wow. And he then said, I don't need a, a metal sword, I'll use a wooden one. And he used a wooden one for the rest of his life. Really? And, and, yeah. And there's a, fam- there's a famous story about him. He, he, one day a guy came up to him and said, I can beat you. I want to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably something like that. Hello, I want to fight you. Anyway, and uh, so Musashi said, okay, I'll tell you what, we'll go over to that island over there and we'll do that. So they got in the boat, he put the guy in the boat, and as the guy's in the boat, he turns back around, and suddenly he sees Musashi on the shoreline. He's pushed the boat out without any oars. The guy can't go anywhere. He's just won the fight. <gasps> Because awesome. the guy, he doesn't have to fight him. You just lost yeah. it because now yeah. you've got nowhere to go. Right. That so the idea, so, so the idea is the same mentality. Absolutely. You have to apply to a sword fight. You don't have to cut some, kill somebody. You cut their finger off. Right. They're yeah. not going to hold the sword anymore. <laughs> so uh, again, I'm going being drastic on yeah. this subject, but you know, no, no. But so, that's what I asked. That's what I wanted to yeah. know. You know, that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. I mean, living back in those times, huh? Yeah, there's something else. If you guys could go back to one particular period in your life, or not in your life, uh, like what in would history it be? In or history, something? yes. Yeah. What would you choose? That's, that's a, a, question, that's a tough yeah. question to ask. I get that asked all the time. And you know why it's tough? Mm. Because our romantic version of what those eras are are not what the reality of that time I know. was. That's, well, right? that's really let's hard to say. Right. That's like the, the romantic ideal, is it? But You're go right. Ahead, yeah. Go Very ahead, Sam. Yeah. What, what romantic era would you, would right. you go back to? I don't know. I didn't even think about it. I love living in this era for sure, you know, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I never even thought about it. That's a good question, yeah. you know. Um, you know, I don't know, but I wouldn't want to be 
at that time. I mean, if I did, did you ever see the movie Timeline, the Michael Crichton uh, no. movie where they, they made was that a another hypnotic? 70s movie? No. No, was that, that <laughs> was like was a... 90s, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, no, or, or 2000s or something. But no, the, uh, a bunch of uh, scientists created like a time machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they found like a way to, uh, to utilize a warp in time and space somehow. So they go back in time and they end up in like France, you know, like... Uh, you know, oh wait a minute! Yeah, a I, do, Walker, I remember. I remember it? reading right, the script like, of that. Fr- yeah. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. amazing. And and then they were like, I mean, they had all this technology with them, but they realized that at that time none of this was really useful. You know, <laughs> right, they right. need to know how to so- fight with swords right. and all that, and they couldn't be found out because people would go, "Who are these people?" Where well, you'd be you'd you be you'd be taken yeah. as a witch. Or yeah, exactly. You know, just, you know? Or very cool. Okay, well, guys, we're out of time. Adrian, Paul, tell people again about the event coming up. How they can partic- participate? Uh, it sounds amazing. To okay, me. Yeah, we've got uh, obviously we've got the dinner on um, May twenty first, which is a, uh, next weekend, not this weekend, the following weekend at right. uh, a brewery. So you can actually have a couple of drinks, and uh, nice. you can uh, do that. So, uh, and we'll be we'll be there doing that event. That will be you can contact Bev at thepeacefund.org B E V E at thepeacefund.org and that's uh, she'll be able to, to tell you all about the details of when what time it, how much it is etc etc right um, and then and the that's the thing speech. folks I mean 20 people <clears throat> it's not for everybody but if you have the means uh, definitely do this for a good cause I know I know I mean Adrian you work uh, you know rigorously on this stuff all the time and I think uh, I think people deserve to really listen, stop for a moment and help and follow Adrian's causes because, uh, you know, you've taken a big portion of your life to devote to this. You yeah. Know, and, it's, it's, and that's that's commendable, I think. Thank you. It really is, yeah. Thank you. So, uh, everybody, and don't forget to listen to their show, Peace Fund Radio, Wednesdays, 11, Channel 2, right here on LA Talk Radio. And Cherie... Thank yes. you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Did I you have, have fun? Oh, my God. Well, nice to meet you, Cherie. Nice to meet you, too. Bonjour, Cherie. <laughs> oh, actually, that works really well. Bonjour, Cherie. Yeah. That I means hello. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, I'd be hearing that all day, man. Yeah. Bonjour, it. Cherie. Definitely the, th- the theme of this show yes. today was French. <laughs> well, yeah, the New Orleans uh, roots and everything. Thank you so much for joining us, Shuri. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Awesome. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. You're listening to Sam in the Morning, only on L.A. Talk Radio.